0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at ThriveCosmetics.com slash Thrive. That's ThriveCosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash Thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Well, wonder no more? Welcome to Table Read Podcast where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this, talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine.
2: And welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host Jillian Clare. It's been a very, very long and crazy week for me, so I didn't have the uh, the chance to interview someone new. But what I thought would be fun this week is to take a look back on some of my favorite audition stories we've heard so far on the show. Um, from the very beginning, this is episode 40, which is wild to me. I can't believe. This is my 40th episode, so because we're celebrating the big four zero today, I'm going to reshare some of my favorite stories. To kick us off, I thought we'd start with one of my favorite stories from Mr. Eric Martsoff. He was my first episode, has been a great friend for a very, very long time, and this story just broke my heart wide open, and it was so fun to hear it. So here is a fantastic story from the great Eric Martzoff.
1: Uh, I'm, 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 I'm with a manager at the time. I was with Brooke Bundy with Monster Management or whatever. I don't even think I had an agent. But she was able to get me this uh, audition for this uh, comic book movie or something. They were going to mm. make this movie out of X-Men. Oh, but my I God. At the time, I was like, okay, another <laughs> – x-man like, well, like come on even the name is it's just ridiculous this isn't gonna go oh, no and at the time it was like summertime and i think i put some lemon juice in my hair i was, I was like an, <laughs> like lisa and i were just goofing around we're like just at the pool all day and like throwing stuff in our hair and like i had a like oh, blonde streak going through my head or something i don't know did you have just like justin going...
2: timberlake hair
1: it was maybe something like that yeah okay i had some blonde something going i just okay. remember having a streak <laughs> in my <head> <laughs> i need a picture like, of this more like Stripe from Gremlins. I think that's what I look like. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I go in and read for this thing, and I'm, I'm kind of sitting there. I'm kind of a cocky younger kid. I'm just like, oh, whatever. I'm reading this so for the role of Cyclops. Mm. And the way, the way the breakdown was, was that this movie was going to be centered around Cyclops. He is the guy. He's the leader of the X-Men. Oh the God. whole movie is about him, period. And I'm going oh, no. out for the main dude. First read. I get a call back. I get a second callback. I think I got uh-huh. like a third callback. And then I was told that I'm going to be testing with the with the goggles that Cyclops wears, that right. the eyewear, uh, at, at studios. I believe it was Fox at the time. Wow. And now I'm getting excited. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a superhero. This is going to be great. I'm going to be a <laughs> superhero movie star. Maybe that maybe this movie will do well. I don't know. Hopefully it will. Maybe. Happen. Who knows? So Who cares I about X-Men? <laughs> I do the screen test. I don't remember seeing James Marsden there who eventually became the Cyclops in that series. Mm. Um, but I knew it was, it, was, it was only a couple guys. And I went back and a couple days later, we're waiting, we're waiting to hear. Uh, my manager calls me up she's like, um, I have bad news. I'm like, oh, no, 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 oh, no. She's like, yeah, listen, it's really has, it has nothing to do with you, which agents <laughs> love to tell you, right? It's nothing to uh, do with yeah, you.
2: That's a famous line.
1: The problem is, is that they found this guy and they want to recenter the whole movie around him. And I was like, what do you what do you mean they found a new guy? Who? What? Like a new Cyclops? And they were like, no, they found this guy named Hug Jackman.
3: No. And they found him
1: doing singing Oklahoma in, I believe he was singing, uh, doing uh, Oklahoma in Canada. He was oh, doing the bright orange days on the meadow, whatever that that role was. Mm-hmm. And that's where he that's where they got him from
2: no way they
1: basically basically said to me they decided to make the whole movie around wolverine as opposed to cyclops is going to come become a secondary character and this is crazy and they said apparently because your physique is similar to Hugh, i was i was really jacked up at the time and big i was like 25 pounds heavier just i was i was a maniac jesus Um, they said you're too similar to this oh no Uh, they want to make cyclops uh, smaller in stature to wolverine so they went with another guy
2: such a good story oh so so good all right next up we have one of the stories that had me laughing the hardest and i still think about to this day because i think it is brilliant uh this story is from lisa derue who is episode 18 on the show you're gonna laugh have a good time.
3: Where to start? So, uh my favorite Bad audition story ever was yeah. it was it wasn't even anything big. It was this little commercial they were filming here, but one of the questions was, "Do you dance?" And because I started later, like I'm a really good mover dancer, but I'm not a prima ballerina, right? But mm-hmm. I, I I, can move really well. It's all good. So I was really pushing my age and I was like, come on. Like I was new to Vancouver. I was like, come on. He's like, Lisa, really? You want me to really push for this? Like, okay. <laughs> it was like no pay. It was just a commercial. But at the same time, I was going to prove to the world I could do this. So then I go in and I brought my own music. I choreographed a routine. And granted, I'm already like, 28 years old at this point so it's not oh. exactly like I'm a hot 16 year old Brit Brit dancer so I go in with my okay, own I music I feel
2: personally attacked I just turned 28
3: <laughs> oh well you got <laughs> good for you I'm jealous of your skin right now um so then <laughs> so you and your collagen good for you so so I go in and I I go to play my music they're like oh no no we have music I was like oh okay cool oh, no. right That's okay. That's okay. So they put on this little tiny CD recorder in the back of the room and you can hardly hear it. And it was like this like music, like totally not anything. Then unless you were high at a club, you could even remotely do anything to. And I was like, oh God. So then I was like, okay. So then I started like doing all these moves and dancing. I just went for it. Like in my own head, I was like, you're going for it, girl. And then all of a sudden she stops me and she's like, are you going to say the lines? And I was like, what? I never oh, once looked at the script to actually look at the lines. All I could care about was getting my moves down. <laughs> I didn't realize there was lines. Like I would never done that in my life. I was mortified. <laughs> so then I quickly looked at them and like tried to memorize them. So then they came out so brutal. Just like a horrible machine gun of like lines, <laughs> lines, 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 lines. That made no sense. And then because the music was still going and I was out of moves, the only thing I could think to do was to turn and grab my chair and kick my legs in the air like a donkey kick. And I almost (laughs) kicked the reader in the face. And then they're like, okay, okay, thank you. That's it. That's it. And the poor reader, she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, great. And they're like, thanks so much for coming in, Lisa. And I walked out the door. And as soon as I closed the door, they erupted. They were laughing so hard because it was so (laughs) pathetic. So that was probably my all-time favorite bad audition story.
2: I love that story so much. I can't tell you about how many times I think about it, literally per week, that she straight up did a donkey kick and nearly kicked the reader in the face. I just think it's so brilliant. Lisa, a gem of a story. Just a gem. Next up is my friend Denzel Whitaker with a very sad birthday story.
4: I remember there was this one time. Uh, there was this part I really wanted. I forgot what it, was it—Superhero High School or something? Do you remember that Disney show where it's about like a black family and they were superheroes?
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wait.
4: A movie that it came out.
2: I do remember what a, I remember seeing it, but I don't remember the name.
4: I don't remember the name either. But I'll, I'll put it like this: I wanted that role so badly, mm-hmm. and I did the callback. And you know, we even had like the session after that for network. And I remember it was my birthday.
2: I didn't oh gosh!
4: That year, my agent calls me, tell me I didn't get the, tells me I didn't get the job, and I'm sitting in bed like watching, I think Dragon Ball Z or something like that. <laughs> and I remember just like crying for yeah. my birthday because I didn't yeah. get. The job. <laughs> and,
1: oh. and
4: yeah, that was that was probably like one of those moments where it's like ah, eh, nothing's really guaranteed to you.
2: make sure to listen to denzel's episode he was episode 16 uh it's one of my favorite conversations i've had on the show so far so tune into that all right next we have a uh, heartbreaking story from my dear friend adam chambers he was episode number two and uh this this one gets you right in the heart
5: so I went on the, my agent, my agent at the time was like, do you know, um, sign language? And I said, uh, no. And they were like, well, we have a client that's on our roster who's like a psychiatrist to deaf people. You could go to him and he could teach you the sides, uh, in sign language. And I was like, sure, oh, wow. cool. Cause he was like, it's a good role and it's a good opportunity mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was like, okay, sure. So I go to this guy's office down on like Wilshire and like right in Century City like we're right in the Mid City area and um and I and he has a beautiful office and I sit there for like an hour. I paid the guy like 30, 40 bucks or something like that and um and hey, he taught a me Yeah, that's a good talent. deal. No, totally. But it was like he <laughs> was also like this is my agent's you know, he was like his agent as well. So he obviously didn't want to screw me to it. So he um was there for like an hour or something and he taught me I mean at the end of the day like I had these two big monologues, like big, big monologues that I had to learn a couple of their lines. Um, so at the end of the day, I'm really learning like a, a hand dance, right? I'm not learning sign language. I'm learning moves for this. And right, so you're just memorizing, um,
2: the
6: specific just memorizing
5: size, this specific like stuff, exactly. Um, I don't actually have to know it, you know, I just have to know the memorization of it. And it was one of those rare ones where I, I, I had like five days you know, before it, Whoa. um, <laughs> you had know, five like, days
2: before an audition,
5: excuse it me, it was like a weird four or five day thing. I knew I had a weekend. I remember that for sure. And, um, I, I'll, every part of this is so clear. I remember I would go to, um, it was at Paramount. Um, and it was at those trailers on that lemon Grove side of Paramount that right where you check in and I went into those trailers and I get in, there was like a two, two or three guys in the little waiting area there. Uh, girl comes out. She's kind of young. She she brings me in eventually. Um, and I do the scene for her. And I do the scene for her. And, and she says, she literally the first thing she goes, you're not deaf? And I was like, no. And then she goes, I've only seen deaf people. And that was the best one. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, that's oh great. Uh, like, what do we do okay. now? <laughs> so, like, What do we do now? And she goes, can you just do it again one more time? I just need it. So we do it again i do it again she goes okay hold on a second and she leaves the room and she brings this guy back in the room and we sit and we talk and we meet and we we converse and she's the writer director and and stuff and so then we start talking about uh football and we start casually talking and i do the scene for him and he says the same thing he is like yes that's it, exactly Thank wait you. so and this is r-
2: this is like the writer that they've brought in
5: he was, like, in another room in this trailer. This How trailer is, like a is that, office too? Thing. He's the writer and he's the director. And he's, like, going to come in. The He's, like, they, she went into the room to go get him. Was, like, you need to see this person.
2: Wow. Okay. All was right. super
5: weird. So I do it for them and – or him. And then he, le- he was, like, yes, definitely. We're going to be in touch for sure. So he leaves the room. She then says to me – I'll never forget this. She goes, <laughs> oh, can you go outside and smoke a cigarette? And I was like, what? And then she's like, I need to smoke a cigarette. And I was like, I was like, in my brain, I was like, I don't smoke cigarettes. But I was like, totally, for sure, Hunter. I will smoke every <laughs> I will cigarette.
2: I that right now. <laughs> I'll
5: smoke all of these cigarettes that you have. And so we went out. There was dudes in the lobby still. And oh, her no. and I are sitting outside this trailer smoking cigarettes. And she is telling me, you're it. This is it. I'm so excited. She's just shooting me so hard on this stuff. And oh my I was God. like, hey, okay, what the hell is happening? So I leave, my agent calls me like that day or the next day. And he's like, yeah, this is happening. You did whatever you did was right on. So they start telling me that I'm going to like where I'm going to go and how much I'm going to make. And like this whole thing.
2: All the and beautiful like, things okay. that you love to hear where you're like, Oh, my are finally so, going to pay off.
5: Yeah. And so then Um, A couple days later, uh, I get a call from my agent, and they're like, "Um, the Deaf Association is uh, Uh. unhappy that a deaf actor is playing a deaf role, and uh, you're not going to get it. And the movie turned out to be There Will Be Blood.
2: Definitely one of the sadder stories that I've had on the show, for sure. (laughs) <laughs> all right uh now we're going back to episode five with the darling Patrica darbo who i adore so 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 much uh here's her story
6: um the big one that got away well i told you that i got to reprise my role in daddy stein who's got the will of the film yeah <laughs> and um sissy Spacek's husband was the director and mm. Sissy sent me a script. She said, Patrika, this is your script. This is wonderful. I just got this. and I, mm. I don't think there's a part right for me in here, but it's your script. And she sent it to me and I read it and flipped out. I went, oh, my God, it is mine. Th- Sissy, thank you. Then I'm with my agents and everything like that. Yeah. And unfortunately, I didn't even get to read for it. Um, oh, the show what? was called Fried Green Tomatoes.
7: Oh no! and
6: and the offer went to Kathy Bates right away and but Kathy had a uh, you know an Oscar and who was Patrika Darbo right but um, oh
2: my god
6: you didn't even get to audition no no that's always the tough thing when you don't get to audition but um you know what I'm sure there are people out there that go damn that Patrika Darbo she got that part (laughs) and I really wanted it so it's true it's um, uh it, it that's the way it goes um uh it was a very sad thing that I didn't get it. A very yeah. sad thing I didn't even get to read for it. Mm. Um, but I'm still here. I'm still working, as is Kathy Bates, and yeah, and I'm sure other people that I might have taken a role from that they felt I did. So and I mean, I was-
2: guess if you have to lose a role to someone, Kathy Bates is a great person to lose I a role would to. Say
6: absolutely, <laughs> honey. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that Sissy thought that it was a good thing for me. And um, you know, but we go on.
2: A truly fantastic story from Patrica Darbo. Now, I'd like to take a journey to episode twenty-two with the marvelous Keith Powell.
8: I just got a new. I just got another job. Um, we're mm. recurring on okay. a major television show, a major exciting TV show.
2: Ooh, congrats!
8: Um, you'll be able to connect the dots okay. um, once I tell you this story. Okay. Um, so I got this job. And I wanted to watch an interview where the lead actor of this show was on. And the lead actor mm. of the show talked about auditioning for the people versus O.J. Simpson. Oh. And I auditioned for that show. And I auditioned for Christopher for the Christopher Darden role. Mm. And I very much remember, and I didn't get it, obviously. Mm. I very <laughs> much remember... <laughs> Um, asking my manager, should I sh- go bald for this role? Like, should I shave my head like Christopher Darden did mm. Um, and put on glasses? And my manager said, no, save that for the callback. Oh. And so I went in and I auditioned for the Christopher Darden role mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. my full hair. And I walked into the room and every single other person in that room was bald. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn it, damn it. <laughs> and watching the actor who got the part have uh-huh. the interview, it's um, saying that when he got the audition for this Christopher Darden role, he immediately shaved his head. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Should have shaved my head
8: Should have shaved my head but that was it, that's, that's one of the things Where I'm just like, would I have Gotten that part if I'd shaved my head? Of course I wouldn't have, but you know It's fun to think about
2: A fantastic story from Mr. Keith Powell And I'm sure you've put two and two together Keith is now on This Is Us uh, he's, he's such a Great, great actor and a great Director and a great creator and I mean, just a, a fantastic human. So check out his stuff. He's he's really great.
0: You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do.
8: erstwhile monk-turned-traveling-medical-investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
2: Next up on this fun recap episode is a story from the incredible david dasmalchian um i love this story it's a it's a really good one so listen up actors because there's a lot to learn here
9: i have two okay one is um they're important stories and i i I think they're good to, to to share with people um one of them is, it was a bad experience, but it's funny mm. now looking back on it. When I, I had already shot my role in The Dark Night. It had not mm-hmm. come out yet. I was in Chicago still. I was doing a wrapping up a production of, it was either The Glass Menagerie or, no, 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 no. I was, I had, I had, you know, I, I, I need to correct myself. Okay. <laughs> So it's April of two thousand and seven. I had auditioned for the Dark Knight. The part mm. that I auditioned for was one of the clowns at the beginning of the film, and oh. um, and so they had shot that scene. So I had been devastated to realize that I did not mm. get get the role. Right, I, mm-hmm. I was really sad. So about a month later, but I was in. I had just started uh, uh, rehearsals for a really um, powerful production of Othello at the writer's theater in Chicago. So I was going to be doing that for the next couple of months. So I kind of licked my wounds. I'm a, you know, huge comic book yep. nerd. So whenever I had time off, I was sneaking down and trying to get pictures at the band <laughs> said And like, I was still like, you know, but I was, I was sad that I didn't get the part. And, and about a month later, I got um, a last minute audition. I had to leave. We were in like tech week for Othello. Oh, I gosh. had to leave a little bit early to go, Without, this was before cell phones and PDFs were sent. You mm-hmm. had to like go pick up your sides, you know, somewhere. Oh my God, yes. And it was for a new Larry the Cable Guy movie. And I drove for, I, from this audition, or from my 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 tech rehearsal at the theater, and it was a nighttime audition. They were squeezing me in at the very end. Wow. I was racing through traffic to get to this Larry, the cable guy audition, it wasn't at one of the regular casting director's offices. It was just, they had pre-production rented an office somewhere mm-hmm. in downtown in Chicago. So I get there, I get to the lobby, I sign in, I get the, the sides.
5: Mm-hmm. And
9: because of my last name, one of the struggles I faced in Chicago, especially for film and television, almost any audition I got was either for a terrorist or <laughs> a, um, like a cab driver yeah. Uh, I was only given auditions for film and television by like ethnic characters. That wasn't true for Gosh. the co- the commercial casting director, but for the rest of casting directors. And I always kind of <laughs> was frustrated because, yes, my, you know, my last name is Iranian. My dad was born in Iran, but I mm-hmm. am a blend of Irish, Italian, Iranian, English. Like I don't define myself by any right um, particular, uh, you know, nationality or race. So Mm
5: -hmm.
9: I always wanted to get to audition for these other roles. And it's, isn't it ironic that it took John Papsidera, LA casting director, who everyone said LA was so surface who comes to Chicago and he's the person that cast me in a non-ethnic role in a movie. (laughs) But anyway, so this Larry, the cable guy audition, I look at the sides and I immediately get that sick feeling in my stomach. Here's the scene. The scene is a motel clerk who owns a motel who has who is written to have a pretty goofy, uh, silly dialect. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that they they were like non specifically some, you know, uh, Indian or Pakistani type of character. Right. And then Larry, the cable guy is going to walk in to get a room. And I say, you can't get a room without a credit card. He doesn't have a credit card. And we go back and forth about how if you don't have a credit card, you can't get a room. So then he pulls out this fake badge and says he's with the Department of Homeland Security. Oh. And if God. I don't give him a room, then uh, he's going to have to call his bosses. And then, of course, the joke is I immediately hand him a stack of towels and like some,
7: <sighs> some,
9: some key cards or whatever. Yeah. So I walk into the room. And the people there, I don't remember who it was. is probably the director, the producers. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy was not there. But um, mm. they, you know, uh, were nice enough, but I – my heart was not in it. And I wanted yeah. to just leave. And I said um, – you know, he said, "Well, uh, we heard you were – maybe we heard you were coming from somewhere. And I said, um, yes, I'm in the middle of tech week for um, – for Othello. And, um, I did a take of this, of this scene and I just felt so gross. And then I said, um, I have to get back to, to tech rehearsal. I (laughs) I couldn't do, uh, I couldn't do it again. And I, and I left and it was, um, and when I left, I said, I don't want this. I don't want to be, I don't want to do this. Um, I, I just, it's, it's not right for me. And, Thank goodness, you guys, uh, you know, um, three months later, Othello closes in July. Don't forget my first audition, my only audition for The Dark Knight, except for my, my I had auditioned on one day in April, and the next day come in for a callback with the director. Um, mm-hmm. That was in the beginning of April. In wow. July, we Jeez. closed Othello. I had no work lined up. I was very depressed, <laughs> and my agent called and said, you been offered a role in the dark Knight. they don't it's oh my a gosh secret role they won't say what it is um but you know yada 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 so that's i think it's a great story for actors to hear because you just you have to listen to your to your gut you have to yeah. trust your your instinct and um sometimes we it's our jobs as actors to force or to to find ourselves in the material and to say yes to opportunities, I have always believed you should say yes to opportunities mm-hmm. because you never know what can come of the opportunities. But there are times when you really have to listen to your heart and your gut and then go, Yeah, I don't think so.
2: I encourage every actor who is listening to this podcast now, if you're just starting out, if you've been doing it for forever, go listen to David's episode. He is really, really inspiring. And um, it's, it's great to hear someone talk about their experience and all the struggles they went through and how great things have turned out. Uh, It's episode 23, so definitely check that out. I'm going to end this lovely little recap episode bob, with a story from the darling Martha Madison, who I adore oh so so much. Here it is. Well, when I moved out to Los
10: Angeles in 2003, I only knew a couple of people. I had a brand new agent, I had no idea about anything in the industry. But I was uh, really close to booking a couple contract roles on Soaps in New York. And so I knew that Soaps was probably where I wanted to be Mm -hmm. because I was close. You know, I was getting close. And Days of Our Lives was the show that I watched growing up. And it was one of the shows that shot in L.A. So Mm -hmm. I had made up my mind I was going to go for this whenever the opportunity came around. It was just one of those things I decided I really, really wanted Flash forward to, I was a subscriber to Soap Opera Digest, and I got yes. a Soap Opera Digest. <laughs> and on the front page, it said, you know, like, shocker, Kirsten Storms is exiting the role of Belle Black. Oh. And I was like, ooh, I could play that. I totally could play that.
2: <laughs> you know? You're like, I got this. This is I, mine.
10: I, so I call my agent. I said, you've got to get me in for this role. And she said, okay, mm. okay. And then she called me back. She said, yeah, they passed. They said, you're just too old. And I said, too old. And they said, yeah, you know, the actress that plays her now is much younger and the whole group, they're just younger. And, and so I thought, you know, I was really disappointed and I slept on it. And the next day I got up and just thought, you know, no, I'm not taking (laughs) no. So I found, I dug through a bunch of old boxes and I found my headshot from like seven years earlier. (laughs) Okay. Uh (laughs) I put that together with a resume and I hand wrote a note and I put it in the mail to Fran Bascom, God rest her soul, who was the casting director. And I thought, well, I'm just going to take this chance. And I mailed her a letter saying, I've been a fan of the show forever. Here's my headshot. I'm new to town. I know I can do this. Please, please, please see me. Hmm. And... Lo and behold, about (laughs) two weeks later, I got a phone call directly from Fran Bascom's office saying, you can come in tomorrow at 5 o'clock. And tomorrow at 5 o'clock was Friday at 5 o'clock. I was legitimately the very last person to audition for this role. Oh, my God. And. I felt like the audition went great. I was super prepared, of course. And she said, yes, come back in. You're going to go to Producers next week. And I was like, holy shit.
2: <laughs> it's happening. It's My happening. Are true.
10: Right. But more than anything, I was just so excited. I get to go to the set of Days of Our Lives.
2: Uh. This is amazing. So...
10: I went in for the uh, producer session and Mm -hmm. there were probably about 10 or 15 other girls there. And of course you're sitting in this tiny room with all these other people who are about to take your dream job. And it's very (laughs) nerve wracking and everyone's sizing everyone up. And Uh I got really nervous and I went into this producer session with the executive producers and the head of the network in their office. Mm. And I proceeded to give what I thought Was the worst audition of my life. I could, you know, that feeling you just you can feel it sucking, but you can't stop the suck. Yeah, you know,
2: you're just so far into sucking that you're like, I just gotta get over with. Can we
10: just say the line so I can run away as fast as
2: possible? So it
10: was one of those auditions, and I just felt terrible. I remember walking out to my car just in tears, like I can't believe I had this opportunity teed up, and I just blew. It. Mm. So the next day, you know, and I've cried all night. I probably drank myself to sleep that night, like we all, all of us neurotic actors do to try to forget this terrible experience. (laughs) And the next day, I got a phone call from my agent and they said, Guess what? They loved you. You're going to a screen test. And I was like, What? (laughs) What?" (laughs) What? Well, and then I'm then I'm second guessing them. I'm like, God, maybe it's maybe it's bad. Like maybe I oh shouldn't go work for people who think that that was good. Um,
6: These and people so, are so
10: blind, so blind. How? I mean, what did they see? Did they mistake me with someone else? So anyway, I'm super excited. I'm going to go screen test with the actors, and I went and I was in the makeup room. I'll never forget this. And Peter uh-huh. Reckl walked in, who played Bo Brady. And I look over and he comes over, he puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, Hi, I'm Peter. Are you auditioning today? And I was like, uh yeah, (laughs) yes. I'm reading for Bell. Like I was so nervous. So so dumb. (laughs) So we go out, there's four of us um screen testing that day. Wow, there's
2: Four? I feel like that's a lot of people to be screen testing. It's usually only two.
10: There were four people testing that day, but I learned that day that we were the fourth test group. What? They had tested about 20 other girls that they had passed on. And so we were the last four. Oh
6: my God.
10: Right. I went out there and I feel like I nailed it. Right. Like I, I mean, I was not going to do what I did last time. And I walked off there going, nailed it, cried on cue, (laughs) hit my mark, got the light right, looked cute. Like I was like, this is it. I'm getting it. And I remember walking off the stage and a couple of the makeup people were like, oh my God, you got, you got it. It's going to be yours. It's going to be yours. And so I'm walking out of there going, oh my God, I just got this job. I just, I'm going to get this job. And I go back to my restaurant job and I'm like, I can barely focus on my work because I'm so excited. Dropping plates everywhere.
2: I can't (laughs) wait to like get the call.
10: And the next day my agent called and she said, you know, sometimes the kiss of death in this business is wanting something too much. And I was like, what are you talking about? She said, they passed, they hired somebody Uh, else. And I just remember being crestfallen. I was just Devastated, And I just cried, you know, I just mm. I didn't know what else to do.
2: Yeah. because so, what do you do? It's like there's there's so much in this business as an actor where you don't have control over something. Exactly. And you
10: get so close. Yeah. And it's like you can already imagine all the ways in which your life is going to change.
6: You know, yeah, and like how for the great better. it is to like right. be able
10: to
2: go to work every day and have these connections and these people that you work with. Right, and but even not more not having to worry about paying rent.
10: Right, even more not having to go to the crappy job that you have yes. that you don't want to go to every yes, day. Not yes, not having to do that damn day job. Right. And so, um, I, you know, all those emotions came and at the time the show shot three weeks in advance. And so I only had to wait three weeks to see who got it. I didn't mm. know who got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and how good, they, and I just thought, well, they must be like the best Amazing. actress on the face, right. you know, cause I felt really good about my audition. So I turn on the TV the day she's airing and I remember watching it going, okay, well, she's cute. She's petite. She has the same haircut as Kirsten uh-huh. did. Like, she's definitely the right look. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't know if she's like the right essence. I you know, but I also, you know, granted it's her first day. That would be really hard. Yeah. It's a lot of lines. You know, I'm doing the whole thing. But I'm thinking to myself, I must really suck.
2: I oh, do no. <laughs> You know, I, I must cause have really sucked. Because <laughs> you know? that's what happens as actors. You see, you watch the people who book the roles that you want, and then you go to yourself, and you're like, man, you're awful, huh? right. Right. <laughs> If I lost, you know, it wasn't – anyway.
10: So (laughs) (laughs) I I need to find a new, like, line of work was really how I felt about it. And that I was never going to put myself in that situation again. I was ready Mm -hmm. to, like, shut down shop. Mm -hmm. And the very next day, which was a Tuesday, my agent called me in the morning and she said – I just got a phone call from NBC and they want to know your sizes and they want to know if you can get to the studio today. And what? I said, for what? And she said, I don't know, but they want your sizes and they want you to get there as soon as you can. Maybe they wrote you in, maybe there's something, you know, they're going to give you a, an arc or something, but get, you know, when can you get down there? And I said, well, I'll, I'm going to take a shower and look pretty and I'll be there in an hour. Um, yeah. Yeah. So wow, that is so
2: like nerve wracking,
10: just getting that call and being like, OK, got to go. Bye. Right. But my 100 percent expectation was I was going to walk in and they were going to be like this day player didn't show up today and you did right in your screen test. So here we're going to give you this biscuit. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I walk in and the stage manager is like, oh, you're Martha. Come with me. And I was like, OK. And they walked me upstairs <laughs> to the executive producer's office, who was Steve Wyman at the time. And I walked in and he had this little clicker for the door, uh-huh. like a remote control door. I walked in and he like remote control shut the door. And I was, you know, it was just the two of us alone in this office. And I was thinking, oh, God. oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> and he said, so, Martha, sometimes in this industry, we make mistakes. And oh I God. said, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, God, what did I do? Yeah, you're like, oh, Shred, <laughs> <Right>? what happened? <laughs> what, what did God? I do? And oh he no. said, and You know, in this instance, we've made a mistake in casting, and we would like to offer you the role of Belle Black. And I—I mean, my jaw. Did you just fall to the floor? I honestly kind of blacked out for a minute. Like, I don't really remember (laughs) exactly what I did, but I do remember—I do remember him like reaching under his desk and pulling out two scripts, and he hands me two scripts, and he said, "Now, I don't want you to panic." but I do want you to go down to hair and makeup and you are going to get your hair and makeup done. Your wardrobe will be in your dressing room. And we have a dialogue coach coming to work with you because we're going to shoot these today. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? (laughs) He said, we're going to shoot these two shows this afternoon and it's going to be fine. And you're going to do great. And I just looked at him and I said, thank you so much. I won't let you down.
2: It's a long story, but it's one of my favorite stories. It's just, it's such a great Cinderella-like ending, and uh, I, I just truly love it so much, and I love Martha, so I hope you enjoyed that story as much as I did. If you want to listen to her full episode, that would be episode six with Martha Madison. Thanks for tuning in to my little experimental episode. I, uh, I enjoyed putting this together and listening to some of my conversations again, and uh, I hope you did too. Next week, I'll be back with an all-new episode with a brand-new guest. And uh, we'll be back on regular scheduling things, I guess. I don't know. I'm kind of having fun experimenting with what I want to do. But um, until then, make sure to follow the show on social media. Those links are in the show notes. If you're not subscribed, what the heck you doing? Subscribe now. Hit that. Hit that little button. If you haven't rated us, reviewed us, gave us stars yet, um, that would be cool. You know, you could do that if you want to. <laughs> I feel so weird asking you guys to do that stuff, but uh, please do. And hey, I've been doing some um, fun stuff on, on the socials, on Instagram, on the podcast Instagram. So if you're not following us, head on over to Instagram, find us. Thanks for coming and podcast and uh, join the conversation. I love to hear from y'all. So hit us up. It was a pleasure sharing the last 30 some odd minutes with you. And um, I'll see you next week. And as always, thanks for coming in.
7: Hello friends, this is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read podcast, where imagination meets performance. As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But wait, the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to season one, we are thrilled to announce the launch of season two. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises is coming the force will definitely be with you so stay tuned stay engaged and most importantly stay excited from all of us at the table read podcast thank you and let's make season two even more memorable together